0: I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. God. Come on, church. Come on. We need the touch of God. Oh, we need your help today, Jesus. We worship you. We exalt you. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God, praise God, praise God. God bless, you. God bless you, you may be seated. We have talked a lot in the last few weeks about this man Moses. He spent a lot of time dealing with him and his leadership. Even when we got into the book of Joshua, we were reflecting back on some of the things that Moses had said and done. I want us to take just a moment today and stop and think about situations and the circumstances that were prevalent in the land at the time of Moses' birth. I want you to stop and think with me about what it was like in Egypt when Moses was born. Exodus chapter 1, begin reading with verse number 8, if you would.
1: Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph, and he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and wider than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, any war they join also unto our enemies, and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar and in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All their service, wherein they made them serve, was with rigor. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the the name of the one was Shiphrah, and the name of the other, other, Puah. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not, as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive.
0: Now now I want you to understand what was going on and what was taking place in the land in that day. First of all, we see that uh, the the people of Israel were not only uh, living in a strange country, but they were uh, afflicted and they were bound. They were put to slavery and made to work diligently. And, uh, and, And then we see that that wasn't enough because the more the Bible says that they afflicted them, the more they grew and multiplied. So it was that the king of Egypt put forth a command that that no male child that was born at that time would be be allowed to live or allowed to survive. I'm I'm going to tell you, this is a terrible time for women to be having babies. It was a a terrible time for a child to be born. Moses obviously had no control over the place and time of his birth. It It was not his choice. And yet his birth could not have come, it seems, at a worse time. His chances of survival were slim. Yet he not only survived, he thrived well hallelujah I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this morning that, that as I looked at this and began to think about this what I find Amen, is a horrible situation a, a problematic situation and, and a difficult time for a child to be born and to be raised to have to grow up in these kinds of circumstances amen and, and you would think that for most children in fact many uh, did not survive, but for those that did survive, uh, what a terrible influence must have been upon their life, and all of the things that they had to face from day to day, Terrible, terrible it must have been, and yet we see and we know the end of the story, and we know that Moses grew, as I said, he not only survived, but he thrived, he grew to be a great leader among the people of Israel amen i, I couldn 't help but think as I was, I was began reading this story, I, I wondered how many Jewish parents went, went ahead and said, Well, the law requires that we put our child to death. I, I wonder how many of them uh, willingly sacrificed their children amen and, and, and we do know we do know that even among those who did survive, most, most of them grew, grew up to be doubters and scoffers and complainers and, wh- and whiners. All right. well, hallelujah. We, we know that in this situation, in this kind of, hey man, of, of condition that the country was in, that there really weren't hardly any of the children uh, that grew up during that period that amounted to anything. Well, it's the truth. In fact, in fact, really, out of that whole generation, there were only two other families in all of Israel that produced successful children. For only Joshua and Caleb ended up promising God enough to enter into the promised land. So outside of Joshua, Caleb, and Moses, there really wasn't a whole lot. Most of the children grew, amen, with a skeptical attitude, amen, with a a slave mentality that they never could get rid of. Amen. Amen. But yet yet Moses was, was one of very few that really was successful, who really had a different mindset, who did not grow to adapt to the conditions around him. Are you hearing me this morning? Amen. And, and I believe that the reason Moses was successful in perilous times was because of the faith and the diligence of his family. Yeah. You're going to You're gonna have to, to help me this morning. morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, now, I want to show you some things that took place that helped to shape the life of Moses in these perilous times. First of all, Hebrews 11 verse 23.
1: By faith, Moses, was, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a, pro- a, was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment.
0: We're going to come back and talk about all these things in just a few moments, but let me go through these four things that I see as being uh, an essential part of what caused Moses to be so successful. First, first of all, his parents hid him. His parents Put him in a place where the Egyptians could not find him. Amen. they hid him secondly, secondly, Exodus chapter two verse
1: three and when she could not longer hide him, she took him she took for him an ark of bulrushes right. And daubed it with slime and with pitch. And put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags of the river's spring. She
0: took this ark and she daubed it with slime and with pitch. And put the child therein. And then laid it by the flags of uh, uh, the river's spring. Now, this tells me that she took this basket, this ark, and she prepared it. For her child, it took some some effort, it took some work, it took some things uh, on her part. We're going to talk about what all that involves in a few moments. Just stay with me here. But here here was a mother who was putting forth the effort to provide a place for her child. She prepared a place for him. The next thing we see, verses 4 through 7.
1: And the sister stood afar off to wit what, she, what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down, came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, they wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call the nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee?
0: Now, here's my point in reading these verses of Scripture. We've already seen that his parents hid him. We've seen that his mother prepared a place for him. But it didn't stop with mom and dad. But we find his family watching over him. Well, praise God. It became a family affair. The whole family got involved in protecting this child. And Miriam was there, ready, ready with a suggestion for Pharaoh's daughter. She was was taking care of her baby brother. Amen. And then finally, verses 8 through 10.
1: And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go, and the maid went and called the child's mother. And, And... Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it, and the child child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water.
0: So the the, the fourth thing, the final thing that I want to point out to you is that his mother taught him. She had those years to instill some things into him to prepare him for life in Egypt. Amen. And so his parents hid him. His mother prepared a place for him. His family watched over him. His mother taught him. And and those four things did something to Moses that caused him to be different than the rest of the children that grew up in that era. Hallelujah. How, how effective was all of this? Well, let's read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 27. By faith,
1: by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God,
0: to suffer with the people of God
1: than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the of Christ, esteem the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures of in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Right, right? By, faith, by faith he forsook Egypt. He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible.
0: What I'm telling you is this: that the choices that his parents and his family made, and the, effort, and the effort that they put forth, caused Moses at, 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 crucial, at the crucial junctures of his life to make the right decisions. He, he made the right choices because of what his family invested in him. Well, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Now, now stay with me here for a while. I want to tell you, I'm learning as as now a grandparent, amen, and and looking at my my children who are grown, and and somebody has has made the comment, uh, recently I was discussing it with someone, they said, well, you know, once your children are grown, you don't worry about them as much. I'm here to tell you, you worry about them more. And and really, the the real thing you worry about is, did I do enough Did I teach them the right things? Did I put the right things in their heart? Was I able to instill the right principles? Because now I can't make choices for them. I can't decide what they're going to do with their lives. I can't can't tell them what to do anymore. Now, Now they've got to make choices. And the choices they make are going to be dependent on the things that I put in them while I had the opportunity I'm telling you that Moses' mother and father and sister and brother understood this. And they took the time they had and they instilled things into him so that when he was faced with difficult decisions, he always made the right choice. that That may not seem like much, but when you consider that all of this was done in the worst of times... It really is quite an accomplishment. Well, praise God. And so, having said all that, let's talk a little bit about child rearing today. Let's, let's, Let's talk a little bit about the situation in which we find ourselves. I guess what caused me to think about this was thinking about little Dominic and thinking about the the fact that he is born into this age and this era and, and, and the things that are taking place right now, right here in our country. It's a different world than it was in 1960 when I was born. This is not even the same America that it was in 1960 when I was born. I tell you, times are much different than they used to be. In fact, I was just this morning, just this morning, just this morning I, and, and I, I copied it off. I'm not going to take the time to read it to you, but I was just, I was just this morning reading an article over all places. It was it was written in uh, the, uh, the the newspaper Pravda. It's not familiar familiar to anybody. The official newspaper of Russia. And in in Pravda, they were talking about how that America has has gone quickly into Marxism. And they were listing the reasons why it's happened. And, And they said, first of all, the population has been dumbed down. They, they, in fact, let me I'm not going to read the article, but let me just, just pull a couple things from it. They said the population was dumb, down in a politicized and substandard education system that's based on, based on pop culture rather than the classics. They, they said Americans know more about their favorite TV dramas than the, than the drama in D.C. that affects their lives every day. They said Americans care more about their right to choke down a McDonald's burger than their constitutional rights. Now these are the Russians talking about us. The second thing is they're exactly right. They said the second thing is that Americans' faith in God has been destroyed. They said that... uh, that, uh, This is what they said. Then their faith in God was destroyed until their churches, all tens of thousands of different branches and denominations, were for the most part little more than Sunday circuses. And and their televangelists and top Protestant mega-preachers were more than happy to sell out their souls and flocks to be on the winning side of one pseudo-Marxist politician or another. This is an indictment coming from Russia. But, but it's the truth. And then, and, and, and I'm, I'm sorry if this is offensive, I'm not saying, saying this. I'm reading to you what the Russians have said. They said, they said the, the final collapse has come with the election of Barack Obama. His speed in the past three months has been truly impressive. His spending and money printing has been record-setting, not just in America's short history, but in the world. If this keeps up for more than another year, and there is no sign that it will not, America at best will resemble the Weimar Republic, and at worst, Zimbabwe. What an indictment. But it's not just our politics that's falling apart. As was noted in the article, religion is falling apart. We're, I'm telling you, we're in, we're in a difficult spot. These are perilous times, are you hearing me? Church, it's time for somebody to wake up. It's not the same place we lived been even ten years ago. I, I think it was just last week, last week I don't know, sometime, sometime in the last few weeks that I pointed out to you again, again that, the first, that the first public schools in America were started in churches. The first teachers were preachers. The first textbook was the Bible. And now we're in a place where teachers are being uh, suspended or fired for just putting a Bible on their desk. Just recently, a woman in Texas was, uh, was, uh, was, was told she could not fly the American flag in her office. It was offensive. Now we have a pastor and his wife, and his wife in California who have just been told they can't have Bible studies in their homes. I'm talking, I'm talking about America. I'm talking about perilous times. I'm telling you, I wouldn't want to be starting my life right now. I wouldn't want to go back and start all over and try to live through this. I'm, I'm glad that I'm reaching the sunset years. I really am. That may, a, that may be a selfish statement, but I'm telling you, I don't want to go back and relive it all. My heart, my heart goes out to the children that That are born and being reared in this day and age. I'm telling you we are getting ready for financial collapse in this country. I'm not here to be a prophet of doom and gloom. I'm just here to face the facts. We're getting ready for financial collapse. And the reason is because there is a plan that has already been prophesied and the day is soon to come that we're not gonna have a currency anymore. And there's going to be one world currency in based upon some kind of a chip or something placed in a man's hand or in his forehead. I'm telling you, we're looking at those days. I know folks say, oh no preacher, no, no, it's not going to happen, it's going to get better. Yeah, My mother mother told me that in 1972. She really did. I was discussing with her then how the Lord was going to come and how how things are going to get worse. And she looked at me and she said, no, 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 no. it's going to get better. Well, Well, it hasn't. No, the Lord hasn't come, but He's still coming. But I'm here to tell you, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're living living in perilous times. Paul warned of the very days in which we now live. Listen to what he says, 1
1: Timothy 4, chapter 4, 4, verses 1 and 2. Now, now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter, latter times some shall depart from the faith.
0: Some shall depart from the faith. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Read. <laughs> giving heed to
0: the seducing spirits <laughs> and doctrines, <laughs> of doctrines of devils. Well, hallelujah. I don't want to get too sidetracked because I'm closing somewhere this morning. But I'm telling you, this is going on on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Say what you want to say about it, but I'm telling you that there is every morning, morning all across America in churches that call themselves Christian doctrines of devils are being taught, and seducer spirits are being uh, unloosed un- un- upon the people. We're in a perilous, perilous time. Speaking lies, speaking lies in lies hypocrisy. Here, church, I, I really I don't want to get too sidetracked <laughs> on all this, but I do want to drive the point home of how perilous the day days are in which we live. I'm. I'm. I. i i i have got a, a family situation. It's It's, it's, a, it's not too distant relative. I guess. Merriam to help me, help me to figure out all these relationships. But it's a, I guess a first cousin once removed. And it's, the, it's the daughter of, of one of my first cousins. It's going, it's going through a very painful divorce right now. But the reason I bring that up, the scripture talks about being seared, being seared with a hot iron. Her husband was coming to church with his girlfriend. Standing beside his wife with his girlfriend. The wife, the wife would come to the altar and he'd pray and he go get up and go pray with her. He told. He told the pastor, "I have a right to be happy." I, 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 I'm talking about in a Pentecostal church. I'm, t- I'm telling you that churches are sister I'm tell you people have been no of God anymore. they can they can do anything they want to do and they do not I can't about it. not parade can't I can't I can't I can't I can't I can't I can I will say this would happen in the latter times. Second,
1: Timothy, Timothy chapter, the one, verse 8. This is the also, the last day the
0: first time, the
1: first time, the first time, the first
0: time, the first the in the last days. He's first to us first going the first the what is it? What is
1: now, it? They shall be lovers
0: of their own selves. Co I have a right to be happy. I gotta look out for number one. They're lovers of their own selves. They are covetous read, read, boasters, boasters. they're boasters, they're boasters. proud, proud, proud. proud. They, are they are blasphemers, oh, I've never blasphemy seen blasphemy such a blasphemy as what is being propagated propaganda. today, that's the truth, that's the truth, I, I, I don't I know how many of you paint saw paint the painting, that, painting that, that, that hung in the, art, hung gallery in the art gallery, in, gallery in, I think it was New York City, uh, 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 where they took a painting of the president, the president, and had, its and had his stretched arms out stretched out and a down crown of thorns on, on, his his on his head. That's blasphemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's blasphemy. Read, read. It's disobedience, it's obedience, obedience. disobedience, disobedience. I know there's always been disobedience, but we're living but in an, an, age, in age, where an where age where that's the spirit, spirit of the age. Of the age. Disobedient um, parents. Unthankful, unthankful. Unthankful, thankful. Oh, oh, God, oh, GOD, help us. Don't APPRECIATE the preacher be a Christian if didn't before anymore. Anything anymore. Yeah. Unthankful. unthankful. Unholy, Unholy. Un- un- holy, holy. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I, I don't think I, he's I don't just, describing, just describing the world. The world. I think he's I trying to be serious whatever the church is about on the last days. And what we're, what we're finding is there are very, very few churches, living, living, happening, churches, Hallelujah, hallelujah, unholy, unholy, without natural without affection. affection, without natural affection. Now, I want to tell you, I want to tell you, to tell you, to tell you, you. a lot of, a lot of, of folks, folks use this <laughs> use this to, 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 to decry homosexuality. homosexuality. Really, but that's really, not what this, not term, this term, term Now there are other places, other places where it is. is, it is. It is. It Cry, but, 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 but here, the term here without natural, without natural, natural, natural affection, the term natural, literally the parental. Means parental. It's it is parental without parental affection. affection. I have never I have read such read stories, as, stories I am as I am reading of parents, parents, parents that, are that are abandoning their, their children, their children. They're not, caring, they're not caring for their children. They're, they're abusing, abusing, abusing their children. They are—they are abusing their children. They are, they they are without natural affect- affection. affection. Read, 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 self read, read, they read, 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 They read, 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 there will be, there will be more people in, in, in all stadiums, stadiums we did we did than in churches, God. God. or when you combine or it, whether they're at the stadium or watching it on the television or on or the radio, radio. On the radio. They're, more they're more interested in pleasure than they are in God. In fact, I've been hearing the churches that this, that this is their church, their church on most every Sunday because they love pleasure more than <laughs> they love God. Read. Having a form, having a form of having a, a form God.
1: of. God to to the power of their now,
0: now, now, listen. You know, this word, form, form. You think about this if if, if you you ever done any, done any word. you know that one of the, know the first things, things that you chew, you've got to do, you've got to set up some forms. And that's really the, that's the same basic form. word in the or original, in the original they here. Have a, they form. have a form. They've got the outward, outward perimeters of God's God on the top of their inside. inside. There's never There's been stuff in those forms. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's religion, that's religion today. today. Call themselves a Christian. Christian. Put a fish on the, ditch on the their car, trunk of their car. Wear a cross around, their, cross their, neck. around their neck. And that's the and exact extent, extent of Christianity. Christianity. I'm going to tell you something, friends. It's not the cross you wear around your neck that matters. It matters. It's the one you, the one you put, put on your, your back. back. On your back. Jesus is not looking today for people, people opening the Bible, rustle, Christians mm-hmm. Jesus, nobles, He's looking for disciples, who will follow Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday Friday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Saturday, Saturday, and Sunday. Having <laughs> a form have of God on the, power, the, para- but by by the power, denying, denying power, power, power thereof. Where does the power from? come from? comes from the Holy Ghost. And I, I'm surprised to see even, today, even large denominations that once preached the essentiality of the Holy Ghost barely mention it anymore. In, fa- in fact, I, I read a number of years ago one large denomination that used to preach fervently about receiving the Holy Ghost now says that less than one-fourth of their preachers even claim the Holy Ghost. Denying the power thereof. And Paul said, From such, turn away. He goes on, he goes on. Let's, let's skip down verse 7. Ever learning, never learning, 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 and never able to never come able to, the able to, come to the knowledge of the, knowledge
1: truth. the truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres, and Jambres withstood Moses. So do these also resist the they truth.
0: Res- they resist the truth. Minds. They are men of corrupt minds. They are Reprobate concerning the faith. I'm telling you, Paul warned us that there would be perilous times. Honey, and honey, they're here. They're here. They're here. We're living in those perilous times. Peter warned about the times that are now upon us. Second Peter chapter three verses three through ten.
1: this no first that there shall come in the last days
0: scoffers,
1: walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is, say where is the, promise the promise
0: of His coming? For since
1: the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant. <laughs> willingly but, ignorant. That by, the, that by the word of, the God, of God the heavens, were, heavens of old, were of old. And the earth, 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 earth standing out of the water. Whereby the world that then was being, over, being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and earth which are now the same, by the same word are kept in store. Reserved unto reserved fire. Unto against, fire the, against, against the day, against of, the judgment, day of judgment. And tradition, and the of, tradition ungodly of ungodly men. Of ungodly beloved. Men. beloved i be not ignorant, be of, this not ignorant of this one thing, that one, that one day, day is, the Lord, is with the with Lord, Lord as a thousand
0: years, as a year as one day. The Lord is not the slack. Lord concerning as, his promise as some, as some, men, some men count slackness but as long as suffering, suffering
1: not willing that any not should perish but, but, but that all should come,
0: all to, all should come
1: to repentance well, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the, the heaven heavens shall away pass, the pass away way, with a great, 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 great noise elements the, the elements shall
0: melt with a fervent heat and the earth the works that are therein shall be burned I'm telling you, that day is approaching at a, at a swift rate of, rate of speed. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Amen. The last days are upon us. in the day of the Lord is nearly, is nearly here. Most disturbing of all, I think, the prophecies that were made concerning the day and hour in which we live. Is the one that was made by Jesus Christ himself. Matthew chapter 24. Bear with me here, verses 3 through 13 read. As he sat up on
1: the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us us, when shall these things be? When shall these things be? And what shall be the sign sign of thy coming? And of the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed, no man deceive you. Take
0: heed, no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name. Give us is the sign. There, there are going to be many who come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And and now, hang, on, now, hang on just a minute before we go any farther. There's two, there's two different ways to purpose this verse, and one is that people will come claiming that they themselves are the Christ. Personally, I don't think that's what Jesus was saying. I think Jesus was say many will come in my name saying that the one, the one who's speaking is the Christ. I think they're, they're going to come claiming that Jesus is the Christ. But because of their doctrines of devils, they're going to deceive many. Most of us would not be deceived by somebody that comes along and says, I'm the Messiah. But we can not be deceived by somebody who comes along and says, He's the Messiah. Now let me teach you this prosperity doctrine. Let me tell you about once saved, always saved. they going to deceive many. Read. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Wars and rumors of wars. Hello? 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 is that happening are we hearing it i'm telling you every day you have to check the headlines to see we we don't know what's going to happen with israel we don't know what's about to take place but things are not looking good we look at north korea and their nuclear capabilities now and, and and things are not looking good wars and rumors of wars
1: See that you be not troubled. See that you be not troubled. For all, be not troubled. These, for all these things these must, things must, come, to must come
0: to pass. But the end is not yet. Because nations. nation is, is going to rise against nation, and against 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 kingdom against kingdom is going to rise against kingdom. There shall be And There shall be famines. That be diseases. That's what the word means. Diseases. You know, just a year or so ago, it was the bird flu that everyone was worried about. Now recently, they talked about swine flu. More and more diseases every time we turn around. Jesus Jesus said that would happen. And what else? Pestilences. 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 And earthquakes. And Earthquakes in diverse places. places. Earthquakes like never before. before. But but Jesus said, all these are are just just the beginning of of sorrows. Then shall they be
1: delivered. Then shall, then, shall they, then shall they deliver you, then up, shall to they deliver you
0: up to and be a king. They will kill you. And, and you shall be hated, hated of, all of all nations for my name's sake. Name then shall, and many,
1: shall many, many, be many, be many be offended. shall betray one another. And shall hate one another. And false prophets are going to arise. And shall deceive many of Because iniquity or rebellion shall abound. the love of many shall
0: what? Cold, he that, but he, he, that, endures he end. that endures to the end <laughs> the the shall, be shall be saved I'm telling you Jesus described the very hour in which we live he described the very world that we are facing today yes, yes, what, is, what is so sobering about this prophecy is when we get down to verse 19 the words that Jesus spoke. Listen to what he says. And woe unto them that are with child. Woe, woe yeah. unto them that are with child. And to them that, to them give, suck unto in them that days. give suck in those days. Yeah. Yeah. now see, some of you thought, may have thought when I, started, when I first started that what a terrible thing for somebody to say that this is a difficult age to be having children. That I wouldn't want to live through it. But I want you to understand I'm not the first one who said it. And if you've got a problem with that statement, you've got to talk with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who said when these things start happening, woe to those that are having babies in that time. It's a terrible time for children to be raised. I'm telling you the odds are against them there was ever a time in which which we need divine guidance and divine protection and divine divine wisdom in the raising of our children, it's right now. I'm not here to paint an impossible picture for for Dominic or for any of our children. I'm just here to tell you that we've got to have God's help. And what happens to Dominic and what happens to the other children that, that we now have or that will be born depends greatly on how we handle the situations we now face. If there's any hope for them, if there is hope, but if there's any hope, it's not going to be in the world governments. It's not going to be in the school system. It's not going to be anywhere but in our homes and in our churches. That's the only hope we've got. So, to all, to all of our parents today, not just to Brother Dell and Sister Angela, but to all of, to all of our parents today, I, I want to tell you, we have, great, we have a great responsibility. We've always had a great responsibility in raising children, but the responsibility is even greater because of the hour in which we live. And I'm going to tell you the things that kept Moses... And the things that allowed him to grow up in difficult times and grow to be a leader are the things we must employ if our children are going to be salvaged and survive and thrive, should the Lord tarry his coming a few more years. Let's go back and look at those four things again. Hebrews chapter
1: 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By
0: faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid. He was hid. I want to say to you parents parents today, you're going to have to learn to hide your children. children. Now, Now, don't misunderstand what I'm telling you. I do want to say that as much as it goes against current pop culture, you really should shelter your children from as much of the world as possible. I know that's not I'm telling you, that that, that current wisdom says, Oh, that's the worst thing you could do. They gotta face the world sometime. Yes, yeah, sometime they do. But until they absolutely have to, let's keep them hidden. Let's keep them protected. Let's do something to shelter them. Proverbs 19, verse 27 says this.
1: Cease, my son, cease my son, cease my son, my son to hear the instruction to
0: hear the it to err from the words of knowledge. Don't, don't listen when they're trying to lead you away from the Scripture. We need to protect what they're hearing. We need to shelter them from, from hearing some things. Don't Romans chapter sixteen, verse nineteen.
1: For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad therefore on your behalf. But but yet I would have you wise. I would have you wise
0: to that which is good and simple concerning concerning evil. You know, for years I've had folks say, "Well, you know, you you know, uh, your kids are going to have to face the world sometime. Here you are sheltering them. Here you are protecting them. They're going to face the world sometime." Yeah, you're right, they do. Sometimes, sometime. But not right now. The day will come, absolutely. But not, right, but not right now. Would you take a six-year-old and put him in the ring with a prize fighter? That's what some people are doing. They're submitting their children to the prize fighters of this world's education. And expecting their kids to know enough to just come through it all right. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm saying it's going to take a whole lot more work. You do need to shelter your children. As much as you can for as long as you can. They hid him. The Bible says they hid him until they could not longer hide him. They did it for as long as they could. And that's the key shelter them as long as you can. The day will come way too soon when you can't shelter them anymore. But if you sheltered them properly and you've taken the proper precautions, then by the time that you cannot shelter them anymore, they will, they will then be ready to face the world. The second thing that Moses' family, family did, chapter 2, verse 3, read it. Exodus, Exodus I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Exodus
1: 2 and 3. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him. She took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch, and put the child there And she laid it in the flags by the river by the river river spring.
0: Now, now she took an ark, and daubed it with slime and with pitch. According to Barnes' Barnes' notes on the Old Testament, the slime is probably mud, which in this case was used to make the surface smooth for the. And the pitch made the small, small vessel watertight. So, so, Moses' mother made sure the baby was comfortable and safe. And, and you know, I, I find it interesting that it was that it was Moses' mother who did all this. It was Moses. It was Moses' mother who went to the trouble of getting an ark, of daubing it it with slime and pitch, of making sure the baby was both comfortable and safe. And I think think that, for one thing, it's indicative of a a mother's God-given natural instincts. The sad thing, and I know I'm about to open a can of worms, but surely, after 13 years of pastoring here, I can open whatever worm cans or worms I want to open. The sad thing is, in today's society, too many, too many women are more interested in making themselves comfortable and safe than they are, than they are in providing those things for their children. I know. This is not going to be a popular statement. But I still believe it is God's best plan for a woman to stay home and raise her children. I'm not saying it's sin sin if you don't. I'm just saying I believe it's God's best plan. I I realize sometimes economic circumstances don't allow it. I understand that. But I am going to tell you this. Sometimes those economic circumstances are circumstances we created ourselves. Because we, because we better, want better things. And, and don't shoot me. But it's, but it's selfishness. I, want, I, want, I want, nicer want nicer clothes. I want a thousand dollar purse. I want, I want whatever. whatever. So I'm going to work by those those things. And I'm telling you God, I'm not saying it's sin, but I'm saying God's not pleased with that. If you have to do it, that's one thing. But I still believe believe it is the the best plan of God for a a mother to stay at home and provide for those children. Comfort, comfort and and safety. Well, well, some of you you would just cut up our credit cards. Quit going into debt. (laughs) (laughs) Quit thinking you got to drive a fifty thousand dollar car. I live in a $500,000 home. Well, well if you simplify and downsize, you might be able to stay home with your kids. I, now again, I know there's circumstances. I, I know, and please don't take, don't take this as a blanket statement. I know, I know there are circumstances that, 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 that require... But for some women, I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching and preaching, I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to take this is this is God's plan. Let me show you Titus chapter two, chapters, two verses, four verses four and five.
1: Four that they may teach the young stover. women to be sober. ought to
0: be sober. To love
1: their husbands. To love their
0: children. To be discreet. To be discreet. To be chaste. To be chaste. at home. I'm I'm just sorry. I didn't write the Bible. If you don't like it, don't will be I didn't write the Bible. But the Bible says, they ought to be keepers at home. They ought to be. They ought to be. They ought to be.
1: Read. Read. Good. Obedient to their husbands. That the word of God be not, be not blasphemed.
0: Well, well, it's the truth it's anyhow. The truth anyhow. It's, the tr- it's the truth anyhow. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Moms, moms, make sure, make sure your, your, home your home is a comfortable, comfortable and safe place, place for your children. The third, the third thing, Exodus chapter 2, verse, just stop, just I've got to hurry here, so, hurry here. so, let's, so let's, let's read the uh, um, starting verse 4, start let's, let's see how far we
1: go. And the sister stood afar off to the what would be done to him, and the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her more the long side of her side, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch and when she had opened, when she had opened she the she saw the child, and behold, the baby wooled the baby wet. And she had come to on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said, is the children. And said is his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, like, I go and call on her the, the Hebrew women, the Hebrew women that, she, that she may nurse the child for thee.
0: And, 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 the and as I pointed out to you, you, my point in, in these is verses that is that, that it wasn't just Moses, Moses' mom, 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 and dad, but his family, his family watched, watched over him. And I, and I want to say, because I know that uh, that uh, as it is, it is now, when they reach age 13, 13 they come upstairs and upstairs they're upstairs and are 13 thir- and, and up. So we've got siblings, siblings in, this, in, this, in, this, in this auditorium this morning. And, and, I, and, and I want to say to you siblings that don't have younger brothers and sisters, I want wanna, I wanna, I to tell you something. You are not an island to yourself. It's, hard, it's sometimes hard sometimes for you to remember you think that, you think what, you think that what you do only affects, affects you. you, but that's not, but that's that's not the case. case. What you do, what you to has, do an, has an impact on, on those, those that watching are watching you. you. Brothers, Brothers and, sisters and sisters bear a lot of a lot responsibility, responsibility in, the in the raising of a younger, of a younger sibling. sibling. By or by their example, they will either, they will either teach, or teach obedience or, dis- or disobedience. Or disobedience. By, their, by their life, they will either, they will either teach, or teach rebellion, rebellion or submission. <laughs> you have you have an obligation to your siblings younger siblings to show, to show them an, ex- an example of true, of true Christianity. Christianity. Well, praise, well, God. praise God. I can tell this is, tell going, over this is going over like a block of, of dogs, but it is the truth. It is the truth. Amen. 1 Timothy First chapter 4, 4, verse 12. 12. Let no man, Youth. Right? 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 no man, let the youth to? no Youth. let no man, let no despise man, let no man, let no man,
1: but
0: be done, to be done, but example. As you, you, be done, be 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 in every, in one, of every one of these areas. Exactly you get this, this little of hair, I'm going to go do my own you thing, you don't, you don't know where you're going be If you don't if care, you care for your, your, own, your own salvation, surely your, your, your your, your your there's a passion in your heart to care for the salvation of those that live in your house. Watch over, watch over the child. The child has a family. family. And Then,
1: and then, the fourth, the fourth and final, and thing, final thing. Exodus, Exodus chapter two, chapter eight, two verses nine, eight and nine. And Pharaoh's daughter said, daughter said to her, "Go and make a child of the, and the child's mother." And Pharaoh's, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, "Take this and child this away and nurse it for, for me. I will give you the wages." And, and the woman and the woman took the child and nursed it. it.
0: you got to teach. teach the child. See, see having, having, having had a school here, schooled in, schooled here past, in the past, and having been and involved all, in, in Christian, Christian, Christian education the time when I graduated, graduated college, college, I can tell you I that, can tell that it has been a recurring problem, problem. problem. That, that parents, parents tend, tend to... to Relegate, relegate teaching of their children their children, to an, instructor, to an instructor at school. They take their, they hands, take their, their hands, off, hands off and think it's the teacher's, teacher's, job, teacher's job to instruct my, my, job. my job. child. It's the school's responsibility, responsibility to, educate, to educate my child. Nothing, could, Nothing be further, could be further from the truth. It's, not, it's not the school's responsibility, responsibility to educate child. your child. It's not it's not responsibility, responsibility to educate your child. child. It's, it's your, your responsibility. responsibility. Now, whomever now, you, who decide, you decide to, to, delegate to delegate that responsibility that to is between you and God. God. But don't ever, but forget, don't ever forget, it. ultimately forget ultimately your responsibility. Your responsibility. You can't you just sit them off, off, and, off. Forget and forget it. it you got to you've take an interest, an interest in what they're learning, what they're learning and you've got to become your teacher 24-7. Yeah. Well, well, it's the truth, it's the truth. We, we discussed, we discussed this, this in a previous lesson, previous lesson, but 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 it bears repeating. Israel, Israel in fact, I think, fact, I I think, think it was the last thing we talked about, about just judges, judges. And Israel Israel... We the Lord th- nor the, the works nor the works for Israel. And, and, and we talked about how, how difficult, difficult it is to reach, reach a place, like, like, a place like that, that a whole, that whole generation, could reach the double good without knowing key, anything, anything about the miracles God had performed, or even knowing anything about the God who had performed miracles. As I pointed and out last week, out this, last week, week this could not, not have happened if the parents had the parents simply obeyed, obeyed Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6. six. That's really that's all really it takes. takes. Deuteronomy six, three to again, verses seven through nine. 7 through nine. And that's to teach the like children. children. Everyone children. say, teach Everyone them diligently, diligently. diligently. It doesn't say say to somebody else to teach them. It says thou shalt shalt teach them diligently. And I'm not saying you have to. Please don't read between the lines. lines, Just say what I'm saying and understand it. And and, and whatever you do, whatever you you do with your child is teaching and God, and God. But you you cannot neglect the responsibility you have when that child is at home. At home, you have a responsibility to be teaching the child diligently. Yeah. How diligently?
1: And shall talk with them when, thou thy thy when you when
0: sit in your house.
1: When, thou by when you're the way. walking by the way. And when I when when rise when and your eyes up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand. Up hand. And they shall be as frontlets between,
0: between your eyes. <laughs> and,
1: thou and thou shalt write them upon up the posts of, up post of
0: thy house. And, and on thy gates. he said, teach them diligently. Diligently. Of course, the reason they didn't, they did didn't obey, obey verses 7 through 9 is because they didn't obey verse 6. And verses 7 through 9 are, are dependent on verse 6. You're not, not going to verse obey verses 7, through 9, 7 through, 9 obey verse through 9 if you don't obey verse 6. So let's see what verse 6 says.
1: These words, these words which I command thee this day the
0: words which I command thee this day shall
1: be in thy heart.
0: Not in your mind. Not in your mind, but in your heart. Again, I I feel like I'm being redundant, but some things things just are worth worth repeating. I I, I brought out in a message just a few weeks ago the fact that you don't love, you don't leave what you love. You don't. you don't. You don't You don't leave what you love. I have known of individuals, I've read, read of individuals that their wife or their husband might, might uh, lay, in a, uh, lay in a coma for months or even years, and yet they stayed yet they with them. Stayed with them. They, they got nothing out of the, out of the relationship, but they, stayed, but they stayed with them. Why? Because they loved them. You don't, you don't leave what you love. If you leave it, you didn't love it. I know that makes sense, but that's really the facts. Yeah. And, and, and Israel would never have left God if they really loved God. I'm not talking about obeying, I'm not talking about going through the motions, I'm talking about love. Where they failed was they didn't love him. Well, You don't leave something that you love. And so he said the words which I command thee; this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently. They really did for a long time go through the process of trying to teach them diligently. But they didn't fall in love with it. And because they didn't fall in love with it, somewhere down the line they quit teaching them diligently. I was thinking about this earlier today with with, with the church at Ephesus. There was nothing in the church at Ephesus that God condemned as far as their actions. Their actions were all right, They they were doing the right thing. But the condemnation God had for them was, Thou hast left thy first love. You're doing it, but not out of love. What a sobering thing for each of us to take into consideration this morning. We've got to ask ourselves, do we love the truth? Do we love the church? Do we love God? Or are we just simply operating out of a sense of obligation? You need to instill these things in your children, but the only way you're going to be effective at doing that is if you love it yourself as parents. So so I've got just a few moments here. I I want to shift my focus or my remaining moments of time away from Moses and talk about another Old Testament individual. And that's a man by the name of Noah. You know, I doubt seriously that anybody who believes the Bible would call Noah a failure. I don't think anybody would consider Noah a failure. And yet I want you to consider some facts about Noah. Now, Noah lived in perilous times. Would you agree with that? Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 says this.
1: And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. earth, And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually.
0: Wow. God saw that the wickedness was great. And that that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. evil. Listen. Listen. This really nails it down to make it very exclusive. There was nothing else they ever thought about except evil. And that was it. Every imagination was only evil. Continually. That's all all that people thought. You want to talk about a wicked generation. You want to talk about perilous times. Noah's day was extremely wicked. And and Noah, Noah had a job. You know, job, you know what his job was? Second Peter chapter two verse five.
1: not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person. A preacher of
0: righteousness. A what? A what? What a job, what to, have. job to have in a time like that. A preacher, a preacher of, of righteousness. righteousness. Not just any preacher. Not a, not a preacher of prosperity. Not a, preacher, not a preacher of faith healing, but in a world in which every, everyone thought only of evil. Noah's job was to preach righteousness to the ungodly. To tell them that he change their lives and he to straighten up and he to do what was right. That was, that was his job. Well, how good was he at his job? How successful was he? A whole world full of wicked people, and he never pastored a large congregation. In fact, he only pastored a few. First Peter, first Peter chapter three verse twenty,
1: which sometime were disobedient. When once the long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was up preparing. We're in, we're in few. We're in that, few? Is, that is, that eight, is souls. eight souls. So Boy, he
0: had a big church, didn't he? Man, man I mean, this is this is Mr. Success. Eight people, eight people in his congregation. And yet, and yet, nobody would say Noah was a failure. For two reasons. First of all, Noah obeyed God. He did what God said. And numbers are not the sign of the approval of God. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Don't, don't look around at some church that's booming and say, oh man, they're, look at them. Now, look at, God's really blessed them. No, not necessarily. Large congregations are not necessarily a sign of the blessing of God. Was Noah blessed? That's not a trick question. Was Noah blessed? Was Noah favored by God? did Noah start a big church? No, he only had eight. Only eight. I said said he was successful for two reasons. One is he obeyed God, and second is because of who those eight were. Genesis chapter 7, verse 7. Read. And Noah went in. Noah went in. And his sons. And his sons. There were three of those. And his wife. And his wife. And his his sons' wives. And his sons' wives. There's three of those. With them into the ark.
1: Because of the waters of the flood.
0: And those are the eight people that were in in Noah's congregation. Noah was a success. He didn't save anybody else. But he did save his family. I I think that's a good place to come to a close today after a lesson like this.
1: Noah was unable
0: to reach anyone else in a very wicked world but he did save his family parents if you never never reach reach another lost soul if you never never reach are you hearing me this morning i know a man today that's, that's traveling around pentecostal churches teaching them how to win souls that's on his third marriage Has children he's never even talked to in years. But But he's teaching churches how to win souls. I don't want to win the world and lose my family. I want to win the world, but not at the cost of losing my family. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, if you don't save anybody else, make sure you do what you've got to do to see your family saved. You better better prepare a place of protection in these perilous times. One final verse of Scripture, Luke chapter 23 and verse 28
1: but Jesus turning unto them said. Jesus turning to
0: them said.
1: Daughters of Jerusalem. Daughters
0: of Jerusalem weep not for me. Don't weep for me. Weep for, yourself weep, yourself. weep for yourselves. And for and, your children. And for your, your children. You know what? You know what? If there was a lot more weeping for our children going on. There would be, be a lot less weeping over our children. Because. Because of our children. I said if we we would do more weeping for them, we would do less less weeping because of them. I'm not going to tell you that every child is always going to do right. They have a mind of their own. And and sometimes children raised in the best of circumstances walk, walk out on God. The thing is, you've got to know that you've done your part to instill instill in them what's right. That you have done your part to teach them the ways of God. And that you have shown them by example that you love God. You love His Word. And you love His house. And you love His ways. You can't make them love God. You can't. you can't. But I'm going to tell you something. Your time is much, much better spent taking the souls God has given you. Joseph spoke of the sons God had given him. We we, we need to look at our children that way. They are a heritage from the Lord. God gave us these children. God gave them to us. Now we we need to take the souls God gives us and and invest our time and our energy and our love into saving them. Don't try to raise them to be rock stars and Sports figures and praise, raise them to be Christians raise, raise them to be the people of god that's more, that's more important than anything else if they never make a six-figured income, but one day they walk on the streets of gold you're, you're a success yeah. well, hallelujah. Let's stand this morning. Lift our hands to the Lord. Brother Dell, Sister Angela, if you would, I want you to bring Dominic up front. Any of the family members that want to come, we welcome you to come and gather around them. This is a happy and significant occasion that brings us together. Like Mary and Hannah of old, these parents have brought their child into the temple today to present him to the Lord. They no doubt have heard the invitation of the Master who said, Suffer little children forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. I've always felt like it was fitting. Proper child while the spell of their advent was still to the parent. The mystery and the wonder of new life brings these parents to stand reverently and thoughtfully before the Father of all life. It gives, and gives each of us a new and compelling message, the, the dignity of life, as well as the obligation of parents. purpose of this service is not to save the child we can't do that but, but it's to help the parents to appreciate their obligation to train, train the child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord so, so that when that time comes that he reaches the point that he understands his own responsibilities it will be a natural thing for him turn from the wrong, turn to the right, to to accept the message of repentance and water baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, according to Acts 2.3. Adel, Sister Angela, you know that God has a purpose for Dominic's life. To find that purpose and to live it out fully, will be the determination of success but to refuse or ignore failure no matter how much worldly acclaim so it's your privilege as parents to guide, to guide your child in such a way as to make the will of God the greatest definition of his life it's to this task that called to consecrate yourselves today, and at to this end, you dedicate, you dedicate your child to God. So, and so in accordance with the purpose for which you've come, if you, in, if you are in agreement, I ask you to respond to the following questions with we do. Elds, Angela do you now present your child to God in solemn dedication do you consecrate yourselves as parents to bring up your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord do you, you promise to instruct him in the teachings of Jesus Christ in the practice of prayer in the faithfulness to God and his house in every area of Christian duty and service and to guide him in the development of a Christ like character you promise, you promise to try to the best of your ability to so shape the home life of your child, both by family devotions and by your words and your example, that he will, he will at the proper age, most naturally come to obey the message of Acts two thirty-eight and the fellowship of the church. It is about just you promise for God and this people to dedicate your child to God, yourselves to the, rascal, to, to the task of rearing him before God. Charge you to address yourselves faithfully to this sacred obligation with wisdom, patience, patience, devotion. To this end, may the blessing of God rest rest upon you, upon you. I want to ask everyone ask pray. Let's pray, with us right now as we pray for this child and we pray for this family. Let's everyone lift their voice. Bye. I'm not